Welcome to the war from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Well, during the war, many celebrities, not just known actors, uh, went and entertained the troops. And today's episode features not only Bob Hope and Jerry Colonna and the gang entertaining the troops, which is kind of what you'd expect, but also Sultan of SWAT, the great Bambino, Babe Ruth. This comes relatively early in the war, but I decided with April uh, starting, this would be uh, something that people would enjoy. So here from March 3rd, 1942 is the Bob Hope Show. For the safety of your smile, use Peptodent twice a day. See your dentist twice a year. From Camp Cook in Lone Park, California, the Peptodent Show, starring Bob Hope. Hello, Camp Cook, we're here. Two years, new boys are clear. The stage is set, and now you get Bob Hope, so lend an ear. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, sir, I went the same way at the Academy Music on 14th Street. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Bob broadcasting from Camp Cook Hope, telling all you... <laughs> telling all you soldiers to use Pepsodent, and the girls will always give you eyes right because you'll always have teeth left. <laughs> Shangri-La. Or, this is Bob Blues in the Night Hope, Saying, my mama done told me that if you use, use pepsodent, you won't have your clickety clacks echoing back, fooey, fooey. <laughs> well, here I am at Camp Cook. I had a little trouble getting down here. To save rubber, I stopped to change my tires from one wheel to the other. <laughs> but the cops thought I should have stuck to my own wheels. <laughs> uh, Camp Cook is located on the Censored River, just west of Censored and right near Censored River. <laughs> when the soldiers here saw me, you should have heard what they yelled, but that's Censored too. <laughs> and we drove through the desert coming up here. You know what a desert is? Two gas stations separated by Burma Shave signs. <laughs> W.C. Fields was lost once for three days in the middle of this desert. Poor W.C. almost went crazy. All he could find were water holes. <laughs> I arrived here. I arrived here at Camp Cook at 6 in the morning just in time to sneak into the bugler's tent and put ketchup in his bugle. <laughs> Between Reveille and Assembly, Camp Cook had to register as an Indian reservation. <laughs> then I went into the washroom when I arrived this morning and took a shower with the soldiers. And you should see the mob. It's the first time I ever scrubbed my chest with both hands while two hands scrubbed my back. <laughs> I, I needed a shave, so I shaved with the soldiers. You know, it's pretty tough shaving in a crowded room with such bad light, the doctor told me, as he stitched my nose back on. <laughs> and boy, are these soldiers tough. Some of them don't use razors. One big guy from Texas just took out his pivot tooth and scraped. <laughs> And, and do some of these soldiers have tough beards? One guy's beard was so tough, every time he managed to cut through a whisker, he stepped back and yelled, Timber! <laughs> but, I'll, 
But I want to tell you, it's a great camp, and today I went for a ride in one of the tanks. You know what a tank is? That's sort of an iron-covered Jeep with muscles. <laughs> and you should see all the gadgets inside that tank. I pressed one button, and the tank went to the right. I pressed another button, and the tank went to the left. Then I pressed something else. <laughs> They're rebuilding the officers' quarters now. <laughs> the, uh... The fellow, the fellow who was riding with me told me to get my mind off the bouncing of the tank, so I began singing deep in the heart of the Texas, but it was no use. After a while, I had a callus somewhere near Dallas. <laughs> you know, one of those heavy tanks with a sergeant in it can stop anything there is except a private coming home from a date in a Jeep. <laughs> I know, because last week when I was at Camp Roberts, I went out on a date with four soldiers. Three of them had six-hour passes, and the other one had the sentry by the throat. <laughs> what, what, a, what a time we had, and you should have seen the girl they got for me. Boy, was she fat. She was so fat you couldn't dance with her. When the music started, you just did sentry duty. To give you an idea how fat she was, they got up a big conga line and she was both the front and rear ends of it. <laughs> and what big buck teeth my girl had. You should have seen the size of those teeth. When I asked her to dance, she nodded yes and cut off three of my toes. <laughs> one, one of the soldiers turned to me and said, well, at least your girl doesn't wear glasses. How could she? She didn't have ears. <laughs> But I hope, I hope you listeners have ears, because here's Larry Keating. Hello, Bob. What's your problem tonight, Larry? It's about money, Bob. It's about the cash certificate that you'll find sealed in every Pepsodent 50 Tough Toothbrush container. These certificates can be used just like cash in the store where you buy your Pepsodent 50 Tough Toothbrush. Each cash certificate is good for 10 cents in trade for any item of merchandise you want in the store. Any item of merchandise costing 10 cents or more. That means I can buy razor blades or shaving cream or dentifrice. You can choose any item of merchandise you want, and that includes defense stamps. Will the dealer accept the cash certificate for defense stamps, too? Of course he'll give you a defense stamp for every cash certificate you present. Just do this. Get a Pepsodent 50 Tough Toothbrush, the same wonderful toothbrush that has the patented 50 Tough construction. Recently, it has been further improved with heavier, sturdier nylon bristles. The price is the same as always, but get this. When you open the sealed glass container, you'll discover a cash certificate. It's worth 10 cents toward the purchase of any item in the store, costing 10 cents or more. Get a Pepsodent 50 Tough Toothbrush for every member of your family. Each one of them gives you extra spending money in the form of a cash certificate. Go to your store tonight. Francis Langford in the six hits of the miss thing, and I've got it bad, and it ain't good. Never treat me sweet and gentle the way he should. I got it bad, and that ain't It's bad and that ain't good. 
that Monday rolls around, I end up like I start out just crying my heart out. He don't love me like I love him. Nobody could. I got it bad and that ain't Francis Langford and the six hits and the miss singing, I've got it bad and that ain't good. And Francis sang that for Private Ben Gage down at Camp Hahn. Well, Francis, how do you like it here at Camp Cook? Wonderful, Bob. And they're not kidding about that name, Camp Cook, are they? What do you mean? Well, when that bunch of soldiers got hold of you, you just got out of that barbecue pit in time. <laughs> Why, Francis... Francis, they were only kidding. There wasn't any fire in that barbecue pit. I don't know, Bob. When you walked by, the general pointed to the seat of your pants and said to his men, See, that's what I mean by the scorched earth policy. <laughs> Does Skinny and just like it down here, Bob? Yeah, Skinny loves it down here. As soon as Skinny arrived, he took a deep breath of that hot desert air, and one of, one of his lungs said to the other, What's cooking besides us? would like to be a soldier. Yeah, he applied here at the camp this morning. Was he accepted or rejected? Oh, neither one. The commanding officer looked at him with a puzzled expression for a minute, then he sent him over to the quartermaster with a note pinned on him. If this is a hot dog, boil it. If it's a salami, slice it. If it's anything else, it's spoiled. Thank you for taking me to the Academy Award dinner the other night Yeah, that was some affair You know, you really have to be important to get a table at the Academy Award dinner Yes, I know And I didn't mind sitting on the floor <laughs> Well, tables were $50 And that's too much for any girl to spend on me At a big dinner like that, you should really watch your etiquette. Why, Francis, what was wrong with me mopping up the gravy with my bread? Yes, but going from table to table and doing it. I know, it's silly. 
<laughs> the tips I found were hardly worth it. And now, Francis. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to introduce one of the outstanding and most beloved athletes of all time, now in Hollywood making a picture for Sam Goldwyn called The Pride of the Yankees, Mr. Babe Ruth. How are you, Bob? Well, hiya, babe. Well, I bet that's the first time you said hiya, babe, to anybody that wore pants. <laughs> You're right. It's a novelty to see a babe in California who isn't wearing slacks. You know, babe? <laughs> and I want to tell you, it's, it's funny seeing you holding a script instead of a bat. Well, Bob, I read this script, but I'd feel safer if I was holding a bat. <laughs> oh, you're perfectly safe behind this machine gun? Oh, I'm not... <laughs> Oh, I'm not nervous. This isn't so different from baseball. It isn't? Well, only a little. In baseball, after four bad ones, it's the batter that walks. On this program, it's the audience. <laughs> well, that's one nice thing about our show. We let anybody walk out who wants to if they can get through those bear traps in the aisle. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm certainly glad you could come up here, babe. You know, I made a nice impression today showing up here at Camp Cook with you. Yeah, and as we were walking along arm in arm... One chap pointed to us and said, Gee, I never thought I'd ever see the king of SWAT wind up with a foul ball. <laughs> I wonder what made him think you were a foul ball, isn't it? <laughs> you know, babe, looking at those big shoulders, I can see why you're the king of the four baggers. Thanks, Bob. And look at your big eyes, I can see why you were the king of the two baggers. <laughs> I, I like these bags under my eyes. In case of a blackout, my nose has a choice of air raid shelters. <laughs> you know, Bob, maybe I can give you some pointers how to keep in shape. You're going to give me pointers? Look at that shape of yours. Well, what's wrong with it? Well, a soldier passed by before, pointed to your ankles and said, ain't that kind of a small landing gear for a flying fortress? <laughs> Look here, Pogo Nose. You're not exactly streamlined. Look at that pouch on you. Well, you think I'm paunchy? Why, you won't walk down the street because you're afraid of being arrested for hoarding meat. Why, I'm in... <laughs> Why, I'm in great shape, Bob. Here, feel that muscle in my arm. Mmm, hard. Now feel my muscle. Mmm, lard. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Feel, feel the muscle in my other arm. Okay. Well, what, is it, what does it feel like? Well, does this come in those six the delicious flavors? <laughs> <laughs> you even look like Don Wilson, but babe, <laughs> don't you think I have a good physique for baseball? Perfect. Boy, you could be trapped between first and second while your nose was stealing third. <laughs> Well, it comes in handy for picking up cigar butts. But you know, babe, <laughs> you may be big and strong, but I'll bet there's some forms of athletics with which I'm better than you. Really? Did you ever hit a baseball 450 feet? Well, no. Did you ever pitch a 16-inning game? No. Did you ever drive a golf ball 480 yards? No, but what's your high score on a yo-yo? <laughs> And 
And you, you've got to admit that I didn't do so bad in that exhibition golf match we played this weekend up at Sacramento. You and I against Bing Crosby and Governor Olson. Boy, that Crosby can really slam the ball, can he? How come he hits them so hard? Well, somebody told him they were stork's eggs. <laughs> what did you think of the way I played golf? Why, Bob, I thought you were one of the finest play golfers the game has ever produced. Honest engine? Nope, lime pale face. <laughs> well, you should talk. You play golf like it was baseball. You got up there in the first tee at Sacramento, slammed that golf ball across the lot, and started running for home. Well, what would you, what would you do if you broke Governor Olson's window? <laughs> Same thing you did. Pay for it with a bad check. <laughs> well, Bob, I want to tell you, it's been plenty of thrill. Coming up here and seeing all these swell soldiers. Well, babe, I'm sure they had a big thrill seeing you. And tell me, before you go, do you think I could be a good soldier? Sure, Bob. There's a place for the service for you. Well, where's that? Why don't you join the ambulance corpse? <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Babe, please, stop spacing your words, will you? And look at your script. That's core. Look in your mirror. That's corpse. Thank you, Babe Ruth And Babe will be back with us in a few minutes, folks And here's Betty Hutton and the Six Hits of the Missing And Dixieland Band, as though you could Jasper, here's the story of the Dixieland Band Let me tell you, brother, that the music was grand they had piano and a clarinet The only thing they needed was a second cornet And that's what led to the ruin The ruin of the Dixieland band When the folks would holler for the maple leaf rang They would get to swinging but the trumpet would drag They had to keep him cause he played so sweet But they needed someone who could give them the beat Someone who swung with the rhythm The rhythm of the Dixieland band they needed that, they needed that, then the trumpet would drag. Oh, the trouble they had for other fighting of bees. Pardon me, boy, they found that you two in the rhythm of the Dixieland band. He played so sweetly. Instead of playing, he played. And the happiest land Cause they found a trumpet man Who really can blast The way he swings them is an awful shame He can really do what Gabriel is his name And now folks here is sample Listen to the Dixieland band If you hear a trumpet start to play Don't you be afraid it's a judgment day Cause it's just and the Dixieland band What is the best in the land? It's fixed to play To play Pa, 
thousands of people are exchanging those Pepsodent cash certificates for Mr. Morgenthau's defense stamps. You see, folks, every Pepsodent 50 tough toothbrush contains a cash certificate that gives you an extra 10 cents to spend for any item of merchandise in the store. You mean 10 cents in trade for any article you want costing 10 cents or more, like hand lotion, razor blades, cosmetics, shaving cream, or defense stamps? Right. All you do to get this extra spending money is buy a Pepsodent 50 tough toothbrush. The same patented 50 tough construction that gives you twice as many tufts in a small compact head. Tufts that have been improved with nylon bristles that are sturdier, heavier than ever before. At the same price as always. But now with every one you buy, you'll find a cash certificate. The sealed glass container contains it. A certificate that means an extra 10 cents in spending money for you. Get one, get five Pepsodent 50 Tough Toothbrushes. There's a certificate with every one. Use them just like cash. Redeem them at the store where you brought your brush. It's as simple as that. Get a Pepsodent 50 Tough Toothbrush for every member of your family. And have an extra 10 cents to spend with every brush you buy. Go to your store tonight. Collect the bonus you're entitled to with every Pepsodent 50 Tough Toothbrush you buy. Say, Larry, there's something I'd like to tell our listeners. Go right ahead, Hal. Do not throw away your empty toothpaste, shave cream, or other collapsible metal tubes. These are practically pure tin and can be reclaimed. Save them. Keep them separate from the rest of your household salvage. And take them to the special tin salvage station at your nearest drugstore. This tin will be allocated by the War Production Board. Ladies and gentlemen... As we look in on Bob Hope now, he has just concluded his broadcast from Camp Cook and is starting to leave. As he reaches the camp's exit, our hero, fun-loving Bob, decides to play a joke on the sentry on guard and pretend he's an enemy. Oh, who goes there? Friend or foe? Oh, me very Sally. Me no tell you who me am. Me make you big jokey. Oh! <laughs> jokey, very smelly. <laughs> And now as our sketch opens, we find the entire cast of the Pepsodent Show waiting to board the Hollywood-bound train. They're in the station sitting in a little restaurant where they've just had a bite to eat. Let's look in on Bob now. It's easy to recognize him. He's the only one at the table who's sitting with his back to the check. Here they are. Well, Bob, here we are leaving Camp Coast. Gee, I had a swell time there. Oh, so do I. Except the, the one thing I shouldn't have done back at that camp was get into that crap game. I never had such bad luck in my life. <laughs> Finally, I said, I'm sorry, fellas, I can't pay off. The only thing I got left is the gold in my teeth. What happened, Bob? Just my luck, there was a dentist in the crowd. <laughs> but gee, Bob, I'm sure glad I met Babe Ruth on this trip. Say, Mr. Ruth, I think you're a great baseball player. Can I have your autograph? Sure, there, Babe Ruth. Gee, he, he signs his name different than you do, Bob. What do you mean? Well, his doesn't say the one and only in front of it. <laughs> well, anyway, say, you know, it made me feel proud to see all these soldiers up here. It just fills my chest with pride. It made me want to cheer with every breath in my body. It made me proud to be a man. It made my blood run faster. It made me glad I'm alive. Where's an alien to go to register? <laughs> Well, I certainly had a good time at Camp Cook. Yeah, babe. These soldiers like you, 
You're sure they are. Thanks, but I felt a little embarrassed by the way those soldiers were staring at my tummy. Well, I don't blame you. In fact, I saw one soldier point to your tummy and say, if the army travels on its stomach, this guy can give transportation to a whole regiment. Look, Bob, here comes the general to give you a send-off. The general? Bob Hope, on behalf of the units of the United States Army stationed at Camp Cook, it is my privilege to present you with this medal. Turn around. Turn around? Yes. That's it. And now, allow me to pin this medal on you. Well, that's better than just pinning it to my suit. Boy, that was almost as painful as getting a Camp Cook haircut. Hey, Bob. <laughs> Bob, just, just what does a Cape Cook haircut look like? Oh, well, that's where your hair is very, very short in the front and AWL in the back. <laughs> Say, you know, you know, I had a little trouble at camp. I went over to the hospital and feeling patriotic, I offered him some of my blood. What happened? Well, the doctor stuck the tube into his arm and then after three hours, he looked at skin and said, look, bud, I don't mind waiting, but great Scott, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Hey, you know, I'm kind of mad at these soldiers down here, Bob. Why, Skin, what, what makes you so mad at the soldiers? What at the dance last night, one of them came up to me and gave me his fraternity pin. <laughs> well, why did you say something, Skin? He kept me waltzing. I didn't have a chance. <laughs> well, I hope we get back to Hollywood early tonight. Hey, everybody get ready. Look, here comes our train. Come on. All aboard, all aboard. Los Angeles bus now leaving for Hollywood on track two. Colonna, Los Angeles bus. If that's a bus, why do you have to drive it on the railroad tracks? No tires. <laughs> Say, are you the engineer of this train? That's right. I am Professor Casey Colonna, engineer, conductor, upright railroad man, guardian of transportation, and strict observer of interstate law. Soldiers in uniform, half rights. Soldiers out of uniform. Chilly, isn't it? Well, how about buying tickets, folks? I want a ticket to Los Angeles. I want a ticket to Los Angeles, too. Give me a ticket to Los Angeles. Okay, here's a ticket for you to Los Angeles, and a ticket for you to San Francisco, and a ticket for you to St. Louis. Wait a minute, Kelowna. They all want to go to Los Angeles. What's the, what's the big idea? like to keep my stacks even. <laughs> Never mind. Give us our tickets and just get us back to Hollywood safely. Okay. <laughs> this train now leaving for Los Angeles, Pasadena, Las Vegas, and Albuquerque. <laughs> Professor, you mean Albuquerque. Jerky. Kirky. Jerky. Kirky. All right, jerky. It's Kirky. <laughs> well, get on, everybody. Here we go. <laughs> Bob, why don't we sleep on this train? Well, Skin, you and Babe Ruth sleep together in that upper berth. Get up there. Okay. Well, I'm in the berth. Gee, I like it here in upper. Come on, climb in, Babe. Mm, here it comes. Lower ain't bad either.
careful, babe. Don't get on my hot water bottle. Don't tell me you sleep with a hot water bottle. With it? Man, I sleep in it. <laughs> hey, gosh, Bob. Look at all that desert out there. Hey, Bob, would you run and fill my hot water bottle? Oh, I sure can. Be glad to. Here you are, Skin. Where do you want it? Just squirt it out the window. I hate to see those little cactus plants dying of thirst. Chewing gum, cigarette. Candy, chewing gum, cigarette. Polona, you're supposed to be the engineer. Why aren't you up in the engine? It's too hot up there. Somebody started a fire. What a railroad. What a railroad. Another thing, Kelowna, there's no blankets in my berth. Don't you furnish blankets on this train? No, Hope, you don't need blankets. At midnight, the porter comes through and fluffs up the hair on your chest. <laughs> you know, Kelowna, you're plum crazy. Ah, yes, and I'm a little bit wild about bananas, too. <laughs> now, please let me get back to my work. This is no time to shilly-shilly. Kelowna, you don't mean shilly-shilly. You mean shilly-shally. 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 Maybe shally to you, but it sounds awful shilly to me. Oh, Kelowna, why must you always argue with me? I can't help arguing with you. See, you, you're, you're an uncle's uncle. Kelowna, you mean I'm a monkey's uncle. Good. Want to try for the $4 question? <laughs> Say, look, Kelowna, there's another train coming toward us on the same track. Hurry up. Get up in front in the engine. Don't worry, Hope. We don't need anybody up in the engine. The Army has developed a wonderful invention. The Army has a wonderful invention? Yes. You know those automatic pilots they use on airplanes to fly them when the pilot's busy? Well, the Army's found a simple way to make them work perfectly on railroad trains. <laughs> of course, it's a military secret. We're a little bit late, so on behalf of the entire cast, I want to say thanks to Colonel Bell, Captain Raines, and all the other officers and men who have helped to make our broadcast from Camp Cook here tonight so pleasant. Next week, we'll be back from the Marine Base of San Diego, California with the same gang. Take it, Larry. Broadcast tonight from Camp Cook was for the entertainment of the Army personnel and does not constitute a commercial endorsement of Pepsodent products by the War Department. The program originated from Camp Cook, California. This is the National Broadcasting Company. That will do it for today. If you uh, have a comment, email me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. I welcome your story or that of loved ones who served during World War II. Ken Curlin provides our opening theme music, kencurlin.com. I am your host, Adam Graham. This uh, series is provided as a service of the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio, greatdetectives.net.